0: What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So outside the box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTB lax pod to know when that pod feed goes live. So you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests and uh, you can always drop those five star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network so yes the month of october outside the box its own podcast feed get hype we'll see you guys soon let's get into the episode hey this is max from the arkells and you're listening to underground sports philadelphia going on, everybody? We are back. Unfortunately, not live because we are on location. We are coming to you from Gatone Stadium in Vineland, New Jersey. As uh, we get set for Vineland High School's homecoming against St. Joe's, welcome to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Episode number 175. Wow. Kyle Bennett, Dylan Mazzola coming to you live from right outside the press box. Feeling like uh, real men in sports right here. Standing up. And, uh, as always, show brought to you by Maine Auto, LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernard Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, the Dental Wellness Center of Ireland, and this show is powered by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group. Dylan, what's going on, man?
1: Not much. I'm happy to be here. Hopefully uh, we can watch our old high school uh, get a W today for their homecoming. Do the damn thing.
0: Uh, But we're going to kick things off with the Phillies because that press conference yesterday after the firing of Gabe Kapler yes Gabe Kapler has been fired that press conference with John Middleton Andy McPhail and Matt Clentac. I thought I was watching a, a reboot of the three stooges
1: yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. I didn't get to catch all of it because it came on right before I had to go in for my shift. I was able to get the Dylan's gist a it. working man. Yes, I work a lot. But I was able to see some of it and read Kyle's rants and others' rants on Twitter. And from what I gathered, it seems there was a total lack of incompetence.
0: Yeah, uh, the press conference lasts about 57 minutes. John Middleton spoke for 27.
1: 27 minutes too long.
0: Andy McPhail spoke for about nine and a half. Matt Clentak about eight and a half.
1: Damn, Kyle had the stopwatch out, people.
0: I uh, well somebody tweeted that, oh, thankfully, okay. for All me. Right. Um, after that press conference, I feel even worse about the state of the Phillies right now. Gabe Kapler was easily a scapegoat, and Matt Clentak and Andy McPhail somehow still have a job. Never thought I'd say this in the history of ever, but shout out to Howard Eskin for asking. He asked the right questions. The right questions once in his life, legit in front of Andy McPhail and in front of Matt Clontak and to John Middleton, asked, "Why do these two guys still have a job?" Yeah. because everybody's thinking the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Kyle, you were a relative, like you know, everyone knows that you were a Gabe supporter to an extent, which was fine, and like I didn't hate the man, and I texted you this, and you agreed. I was okay with him with him being fired if we cleaned house. Yeah, if they, you know, everyone else got the boot as well, not just firing him cuz coaches really are the biggest scapegoat in sports, whether or not they are the problem. And I think in baseball as a manager, like yes, they have a duty, but baseball more They don't than, control much. Exactly. Baseball more than most sports. They're not do they're, they're a figurehead, you know. They're like the Queen you of have, England. They're you, not doing much. Managers
0: truly affect like seven or eight games a season out of 162.
1: It's your, it's your GM, your owner, your pitching coach, your hitting coach that are really going to be the driving forces, coaching-wise and staff-wise.
0: And the Phillies right now don't have a manager. They don't have a pitching coach. They don't have a hitting coach. They don't have uh, a, a strength and conditioning coach. They, they got rid of uh, all – they've pretty much cleaned house except for the, the, the three heads of the Hydra that are still left.
1: Yeah, and sadly those are the worst <laughs> ones.
0: And after that press conference and everything that was said – I honestly think Andy McPhail came out of that press conference looking the best of the three, which I never thought I'd say Shocking. because that wet napkin has no personality. Uh, he he made amends for his if we don't, we don't comment, and I still wanted to smack him upside his head for that one because that was so pathetic. And What I gathered is that John Middleton would rather the Phillies not make the playoffs as a whole than be a wild card team because he flat out said... <laughs> They would not go over the luxury tax to be a it's wild true. card. They would only go over the luxury tax if it meant winning a World Series. John Middleton, in order to win a World Series, you got to get in the dance, buddy.
1: You also have to spend accordingly.
0: Look look at the Washington Nationals. As much as we hate them on this show, they're, they're stupid natitude nataturds. They are three games away now, after last night, from being in the World Series as the well, second wild card.
1: As much as we hate them, like you got to give credit to the people who call the shots and like draft because they have some awesome prospects who torch us. And like Kyle just said, they make the right calls. Unlike uh, a certain organization we hold near and dear to our heart right now.
0: And you know, you just look at the player development of this team that we talk about extensively. There are no prospects that have come up through this system that are worth a damn. You've had three guys that you've drafted in the last, you know, five, six years that have made it to the major leagues. And it's, yeah. It's Aaron Nola, <laughs> our boyfriend of the show, Cole Irvin, and Adam Hazley. Those are the three, Dylan, that have come up from the minor leagues to make an impact on this team one way or another. And, you know, you, you drafted in the top – Five for five straight years. Top ten for five straight years. Where's Cornelius Randolph? You could have had Walker Bueller that year. Mickey Moniac. I can't put too much on that because that draft was a stink fest
1: yeah. for the most part. But ha- we haven't really seen him yet in the bigs either, so we don't know. You know, we'll see what he's able to he do. And the there's bigs.
0: only really three prospects right now that are, are building a, a resume to be on this team in twenty twenty, and that is Alec Baum, Spencer Howard, and my new darling connor Seabold.
1: yeah and it's a, it's incredible because we're not really sure as to what those three guys will bring i mean obviously being hopeful phillies fans we hope they can be elite talents or above average talents but you never know because like kyle just said he put out a list and you know quite frankly the phillies don't draft very well and it's ironic one of our best players to come up via draft is Reese Hoskins, and no one expected him to be what he is. Like given when he was taken, and like a fifth round pick. Yeah, exactly. So our our lower round picks are coming up and making more of an impact than our higher pedigree. Like Kyle lists off several of our first round picks that have either pretty much are bust or are close to being bust.
0: It's it's a sad state of affairs because you look at also the fact that this regime continues to place blame on the old regime.
1: Yeah, it's been several years now, bud.
0: (laughs) You've been in in power for four years now, Matt Klintec. Yeah,
1: exactly. Year one, okay, I get it. Year two, maybe. You're a little little sore. After year two, dude, it's it's your job.
0: It's time to move on. Grow up, get a grip, and uh, take control of what's yours because you're the ones making the moves right now, or lack thereof, I should say, because you look at the trade deadline and That's kind of what set this thing apart from being a successful season. (laughs) The the lackluster of a deadline. (laughs) To being an absolute, you know, dog shit fest. Because what did we, Jason Vargas, when you could have gone out and made a power move, gotten somebody like Zach Granke, gotten somebody who is now, you know, pitching in the ALCS. All
1: things considered, the Astros didn't even move their, like, top two prospects for him.
0: They didn't even need Zach Granke, but look what they did. They went and got over the top so they can go and beat the Yankees in the ALCS. And do the damn thing and win another World
1: Series. You get my point, though. The Astros really didn't – they moved like one or two assets. The other two prospects were decent. So well, the Phillies could have easily obtained that move and not have hurt their future because, quite frankly, this regime has already hurt our prospect pool as we've been harpening on. So at that rate, you might as well go for it. And like Kyle said, we didn't do anything. We got Jason freaking Vargas.
0: You could have gone and got Dallas Keuchel, who pitched twice or three times in the playoffs yeah. at least and John Middleton pretty much said why he didn't go get him because they would have gone over the luxury tax to be a wild card team. And that honestly is pathetic. I lost a ton of faith in John Middleton from that press conference. It's sad. I was texting good friend of the show, James Seltzer, about this while the press conference was happening, and I was like, John Middleton is more like Jerry Jones to me than he is anywhere close to George Steinbrenner. And James even said Jerry Jones looks like a better owner than John Middleton right now, and that's saying something.
1: That is very much saying something, and I think it's also saying because via you know Twitter and hot starts and bad starts. Um You know, it it, it was no secret that the Flyers were the, you know, the bottom barrel team in Philadelphia right now. The Eagles just recently won. The Sixers are on the cusp of greatness. They have awesome players. Great, you know, uh, likable players. The Phillies, we had high expectations. They they signed up one of the biggest names in baseball. And they came crashing and burning, and then the GM and the owner and all of them make this, uh, you know, very uh, lackluster, boring, vanilla, terrible, <laughs> disheartening statement. My point is, um, the Phillies are really trying to contend to be the, <laughs> the least favorite team in
0: Philadelphia right now. The Phillies are doing the most to just continue to drive me up a wall, because everybody knows I'm the big Phillies guy. You are. I, You know, Matt is our big Sixers guy. I'm the big Flyers You're guy. You're the big Flyers guy. We're all big Eagles people, obviously, but... You know, we have our, our niche sports that we dive yeah. into the depths of constantly. And, you know, I spend countless hours looking at Phillies prospects, looking yeah. at just this team in general. You do,
1: and, you did, You know, a large portion of your life has been, you know, dedicated to that, and I appreciate that. And it's sad to see when you, the Phillies guy. I have more faith in the Flyers right now, exactly, guys. Exactly,
0: that's what I was going to get at. Let it be known, right now as we stand here on October 11, 2019, I have more faith in this Flyers front office and I am not. A Chuck Fletcher guy. Me neither. I have more faith in Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault right now than I do with anybody that comes in for the Phillies, and John Middleton and Matt Kleintak yeah, and Andy McPhail.
1: It's amazing because even if they make like you know boneheaded trades, we'll be upset and riot. At least Chuck and AV have came in, and for what's worth, words are words, but they have said the right things for sure. And they've made moves that have been questionable, but so far haven't really proven to be wrong. So. Yeah, we're all Be sold. a fucking flyer, baby. <laughs> every Load flyer up. Um, but, I mean, you look at, th- at this Phillies
0: team now, they, they need a lot. And the name that continues to surface, and it drives me crazy, because I've said constantly, do not bring any Orioles people close to this team. Oh, yeah. Because what have the Orioles done in the last decade <laughs> to prove any merit?
1: They signed Chris Davis.
0: My point exactly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But... Buck Showalter seems to be the hot name surrounding the Phillies, and everybody talks about Buck Showalter and how you know he's he's a boss and he's going to get these guys in shape and yeah, he's no. a, he's great with the bullpen, unlike I, Gabe Kapler. That ain't it, chief. And sure, Gabe Kapler was not great with the bullpen; that was probably his his biggest weakness. But let's kick it back to when Buck Showalter was managing the Orioles, playing in the uh, the I believe it was the AL wild card against the Toronto Blue Jays. Ooh. Refused to bring in Zach Britton. In a zero-zero game,
1: one of those teams you just named has a bright future. One of them doesn't.
0: <laughs> How does that relate to being good with the bullpen when he refused to use his arguably at the time best no, player?
1: That's why I'm a little mad. Like, there really there's not that many options to hire for manager.
0: It's it's a sad state of affairs because the we're, Dodgers we're, fire we're, their
1: guy yet? No, he is staying. Oh, um, which I'm fine say.
0: because Dave Roberts would make my hair go gray the way he managed that, that.
1: Yeah, but he, I'm, I like, I don't want him, but he'd probably be the best candidate. had he got fired? Yeah. given the market it, for the, coaches, the
0: Phillies are going to go in the direction I think of getting an older manager, a more all combination type manager where they they appreciate analytics, but it's not the end all be all like gotcha. it was for Gabe. So
1: you know, happy happy median.
0: Yes, and you know, this, Matt Clentak is on the hot seat too. Because he lost his manager. Now that was Matt hand handpicked manager. Was Gabe Kapler. Yes. He's got he's got a hot seat on him now because this manager is going to be John Middleton's choice, in my opinion. Whether that's good or bad, we'll we'll see. But yeah, we'll see. You know, if Matt Clentak does not deliver in free agency, which means getting one of Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon, oh, if Rendon God. hits free agency.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if he does, and also the, the harp on Garrett Cole. Dude, every game, he's just adding a dollar sign next to his name. If they don't pull up to the the Las Vegas winter
0: meetings and Garrett Cole is there with Scott Boras with just a blank check and hand it to Scott Boras and just say, fill it out, do whatever you need for Garrett Cole, I will lose my mind because that man was pitching in the eighth inning for his 100th pitch. And he threw it 99 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, Garrett Cole's a monster, and he's still under the age of 30. Like, sign me all the way up.
0: Now, there is somebody that I want as the pitching coach. I made my mind up there. He just got fired as the manager of the New York Mets. A lot of people are probably going to be like, you know, why the hell do you want this guy? Mickey Calloway. All right. Before he was the manager of the New York Mets, Dylan, he was the pitching coach for one team in Ohio known as the Cleveland Indians. Ooh, I like them. What have the Cleveland Indians done in this past like half decade? They've amassed to amassed, dominate.
1: They've had so many young pitchers. Just this past season, they had uh, Shane Bieber, uh, Mike, Clevenger, Mike, Mike Clevenger,
0: Danny Salazar when he was healthy, healthy. Carlos Carrasco, former Philly, and Corey Kluber. That's five guys right there that you can name off the top of your head.
1: I'm sure there's several other guys we're missing, but yeah,
0: that have either had some sort of influence from Mickey Callaway, one way or another bring him in as the pitching coach because if he can get Aaron Nola back on track if he can figure out Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez whether it's as a starter or in the bullpen because I think those guys still have some sort of value to this team yeah if he can get Zach Eflin looking like the end of season and beginning of season Zach Eflin yes for a full season as a number four starter I will take Zach Eflin if he can somehow tap into the fountain of youth for Jake Arrieta for the final year of his contract. I think that ship has sailed. I do too, but, you know, miracles can happen. Jake's
1: just riding the paycheck out now.
0: Bring me Mickey Callaway as our pitching coach because he has success. He's been in a World Series. And, I mean, even as a manager with the Mets, their pitching was still fantastic. Jacob DeGrom there, Noah Sindergaard, Zach Wheeler, Wheeler, Stephen Matz. Jason Vargas.
1: Yeah, for what it's worth, the Mets uh, have a lot of inconsistencies and, you know, they have a lot of head problems, but pitching usually hasn't been won. Exactly. To a, yeah, to a degree. And
0: even look at the bullpen that they had. They had Andrew Miller when they were in the World Series. You know, they've they've had guys in that bullpen. Cody Allen, when he was in his heyday. Yeah, they've had some people. It's just... They've had pitching to work with in Cleveland, and Mickey Calloway was a big and, instrumental part yeah, of it being successful.
1: And that's the Phillies' biggest thing. Is it all circles back to personnel, obviously, which we hate right now, and it circles back to being able to draft and develop players. Because just because a guy doesn't, you know, grow off the charts or look like a sexy pick, you can still develop that player into something if they have the drive and the talent, and if you have the right personnel to help them along the way. But. With who we have now, it's just kind of destined for failure. And like Kyle said, earlier, you know, about ten minutes ago, we really don't have many prospects. And out of those two prospects, you know, out of three, not all of them are pitching prospects. So we kind of have to be. You
0: have one legit pitching prospect yeah. and one that's on the cusp because he's had a great Arizona Fall League, like I said, in Connor Siebold.
1: And we it, we just have to we have to be aggressive in free agency, and it comes down to Klentag actually willing to buy one or one or two pitchers.
0: This rotation next year should look like this. If Matt Klintak wants to keep his job, Garrett Cole, Aaron Nola, however you want to throw them as your one-two, Spencer Howard yeah, needs to be in the rotation. Please do not wait till May to bring him up.
1: And then let the other guys fight for four and five. <laughs> Zach Eflin needs to be in there. The fifth starter is a, is a fight to the death. And you go sign Cole Hamels. Everyone else into the sun, right? Everyone else, jettison
0: them to the bullpen or into the sun. <laughs> Granted, Jake Arrieta is probably going to be in that rotation just because you're paying him $20 million.
1: But know. he's not
0: going to last the whole season because really, in the two years he's been here, yeah. what has happened to him, he's gotten hurt because he stinks.
1: I really want to, uh, for the fifth starter spot, do what they did in the Dark Knight when Joker breaks the pool stick and says we're having open tryouts. So you have Arietta, Pavetta, Eflin,
0: Vinny Velo in there
1: too. One spot, boys. Goodness Playport.
0: gracious. But, yes, we are live here from Catone Stadium getting ready for Violent High School's uh, homecoming game. But, yeah, the Phillies are driving me up a wall and, you know.
1: It's kind of dark, dude. It's like- even
0: more painful watching these teams in the playoffs do what they've done. And I said this to Matt on our uh, our show on Wednesday. Our friend of the show, Johnny Heller from Phillies Nation, tweeted, Phillies paid Jake Arrieta, a lot Juan of money. Nicasio, Pat Neshek, Uh... And uh, David Robertson, a combined $65 million this year. Ouch. And Tommy Hunter might have been in there too. The Rays, payroll this year. Is less than that? $63 million for the entire team. Dude, the Rays are a first-class organization. The Rays were one game away from the ALCS.
1: If there's one thing that I will go on a slight little rant about, not Phillies-related, it's like Tampa fans. Appreciate what you have. Exactly. Appreciate. Appreciate that front office. Chaim Bloom, mastermind. And we can get them a little love because they're not in the NL. So Charlie it's okay. Morton,
0: former Phillies, great before he got injured.
1: The the Rays are basically what I would want the Phillies to be, but with a larger payroll. Exactly. Like, Taking some gambles, like do what the Astros did and sign like a Wade Bingo. Miley kind of guy. If you have a good pitching coach, turn him into an ace or a third starter. Exactly. Take guys. Who's the one outfielder they have? Uh, Acivil Garcia, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, he had a good season for what he is. Or how about Tommy Pham is a superstar in Tampa. The most Bay. notorious Rays recent move is trading a certain star pitcher away for two elite superstars. But, oh my God, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass. The names, studs. My point is the Phillies need to do something. I mean, you obviously hindsight's 20, twenty twenty, and you can't always win in the trade, but next year to- is
0: twenty twenty two. Ooh, kind of a oh.
1: But we have to do stuff like that. We have to take chances. We have to trade. We have to sign. We have to develop. We have to do stuff. We can't just throw out a vanilla product. And you can't just
0: buy your way there. You have to put somebody in place for this player development. Like that, that decision to me is more important than any of these hires on the on the uh, coaching staff this year. Is the guy they bring in to be the next head scout? No, I agree. And player development leader because. That sets the tone and direction of what this team is going to be able to do for the next, like, 10 to 20 years.
1: Honestly, scouting is something that three out of the four Philadelphia sports teams need. Yep. But I digress. Exactly. And the Flyers aren't one of them. <laughs> the Sixers are probably the best <laughs> at scouting recently.
0: So they need to, uh, you know, take action and do what needs to be done in order to get this team back to the playoffs because – you can't waste next year either.
1: No, you can't. You can't keep wasting This This year Aaronola. was your
0: one <laughs> mulligan year. You can't waste another year of Aaron Old. You can't waste Bryce Harper's prime. Yeah,
1: because that that contract, as we all know, is it, it's really it's long. And but most it's importantly, fine.
0: you can't waste JT Real Muto's prime.
1: Exactly. So that's my point. You have those three guys. Granted, Noel is younger than the other two we just named, so he probably has a little longer prime, but Bryce and and JT, we're not sure how many more years of a, of a prime prime they have. Mm-hmm. Three, four, five?
0: Like, Bryce is just starting to enter the full-blown prime because of how yeah. long he's been up, but JT is at a position that, you know, could die out real quick just because of, you know, the, the wear and tear that is involved with being a catcher and everything that goes along with that, so they need to, one, re-sign JT Real Muto. Yeah. Once again,
1: uh, the uh, blank check statement is relatively Right accurate. on there.
0: Right on
1: there. He's the best catcher in baseball. So Easily. You got to pay up. BCIB, best catcher Please, in baseball. Please, Phillies, if anything, if you listen to this, besides firing certain people, contact. <coughs> um, you should, um, you know, not be afraid to pay your good players the good money. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs>
0: Like I said, that press conference that they had.
1: Uh, it was vanilla and it was boring. And it was, it, it gross. was like they didn't prepare for it and yeah, it was I of just I coast. have
0: no faith right now in the direction that this team is going, so they need to get me back on track and get me excited for what's to come because right now I'm terrified with the direction of the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Yeah, I'm I think you're more terrified than I was with the Flyers several years ago when they still had uh, Holmgren at the helm, which is saying something. But, you know, like Kyle said, I'm not he's not terrified of the Flyers for once, and neither am I.
0: Let's talk about those bad boy Flyers. Pardon the music. Don't copyright us. Um, shout out to Meek Mill. But let's talk about the Flyers, Dylan. 2-0. and 0. Travis me yes. looks like the this best the player in first hockey. First
1: 2-0. Oh, my God, Kyle, stop. <laughs> he does look great, though. Good he- thing they signed him. It's a great, great contract so far. Five points, two games. Um, Provorov looks better. I do shout out to uh, Phil Collins. But uh, no. So the Flyers are two and zero. Like you said, for the first time in twenty years. No, not the first time. Sorry, for the third time in twenty years. The last two times, you ask. Two thousand and ten playoff runs. 2011, 2010 was our Stanley Cup run. 2011 was our conference finals run. So I'm not trying to make <laughs> Albatross or crazy comparisons, but the Flyers are making the playoffs this year.
0: Flyers are the best team in hockey right now.
1: Yeah, best team in hockey. run are We're going to the playoffs. Carter Hart, best
0: goalie in the league. <laughs> we're going to the Cup. Can, well, we, can we talk about that save Carter Hart made?
1: I had to delete my browser history. That's how, di- <laughs> that's
0: how dirty it was. I was watching <laughs> that game. This, this is how invested I am right now with Optimistic October, Dylan. Yeah. I sat down. After we did the podcast, yeah, and I was watching the Flyers game. It was enjoyable. It was it was enjoyable hockey.
1: They definitely uh, it's been a long
0: time since we've had
1: enjoyable, watchable hockey. I think the most the the thing that stood out to me the most is the penalty kill. They were very aggressive and didn't let the opposition set up. Like they they forechecked extremely hard, and I'm grateful. Like for for, you know their their numbers look good. I don't have them on hand because we you know we're obviously remote, so I don't have my stuff with me. But their numbers are better than they've been in years, and their numbers are among their elite teams. And like you said, Carter Hart looks great. The, Drew hasn't had a point yet, I don't think. I told
0: my mom that that save was hockey porn.
1: It is. It that was. That save was unbelievable. It was amazing. Um, and I, I had Devils fans text me and say Carter Hart's amazing. And like I tell you know can we
0: talk about friend of the show Ethan Levy from Gotham Sports Network with the greatest take of all time? The 2019-2020 New Jersey Devils are the 2019 Cleveland Browns. Hyped, hyped up Hyped up Best off seasons Bringing in the star players Had the number one pick in the draft
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do on paper It matters what you do on the ice Bingo baby The Devils look terrible And I feel bad for Wayne Simmons I feel bad for Wayne Simmons And I feel bad for Taylor Hall Because he got traded there He got brick housed <laughs> by Carter Hart
0: too He got straight up uh, brick housed yeah. well, He I, ran into a brick wall And didn't know it was coming And then he realized it was 21 year old phenom Carter Hart
1: <laughs> I won't feel bad for him when he makes the bazooka Bucks this off season, but if there's something to be traded from the Oilers to trade it to the Devils, like that is called hell on earth. <laughs> the hockey gods don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, say it was—I just look—I I watch it like once a day now. It's, it's part of my day. But yeah, the Flyers play Vancouver today. They're going
0: coast to coast, going from Prague um, to Philly to honestly, no Vancouver.
1: Where's what is with the Flyers got? Or the Flyers guys? The, the uh, NHL guys screwing over the Flyers? The schedule. That's travel, dude. We play in Prague, then we play in America then we play in canada <laughs> full-blown full-blown cr- you know covering the map the flyers are the globetrotters right now all around the world bro <laughs> all around they're the filling world. out their
0: passports yeah but i think it's a good strategy we're undefeated in Prague. could you say the flyer schedule essentially in in layman's terms is epcot
1: yeah <laughs> but i think we're trying to go and be undefeated in every country let's do rate. it like- so
0: we're about hopefully be undefeated in canada Go go three and zero tonight. Yeah, get a, get another big two points.
1: They play back to back though, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken.
0: Vancouver's the worst team though, on paper. They don't look great.
1: They didn't look great. They did beat the Kings, but the Kings are also Kings stink. The Kings, stink. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Drew Kings D- are
0: so bad that back in the day they decided to change their colors to Raiders colors because they oh. thought it would look cool.
1: The Kings are so bad that Drew Doughty still thinks they're a playoff team. He's in denial. The Kings are so bad that they just think they're relevant. Well, th- th-
0: well, it's not their fault. It's actually retirement. Kings are so bad, they've been taken out of the deck of cards.
1: No, it's not their fault, Kyle. They're actually retirement homes, so they're all senile. So they're the Miami Heat of the NHL. Yeah, they're very senile. They're Jimmy all- Butler's going to go <laughs> play for the Kings now. <laughs> he might. Um, but expectations right now as we sit here. I'm sorry. The back-to-back is uh, Tuesday and Wednesday they play the Flames and the Oilers. That's hard because the Oilers are actually also undefeated because James Neal learned how to score again.
0: What a guy. But he's not. He, they're, they're not going to be after that Wednesday game because the Flyers are going to punch him in the mouth and – stay undefeated in case. Well, I
1: hope they play Hart against the Oilers and then Elliott against the Flames, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I'm
0: intrigued by this Flyers team right now. Optimistic October is in full-blown yeah, effect. Yeah, and they,
1: they've scored four goals in both their games. So, The goal takeaway, average looks fantastic. I was going to say, another takeaway is they're actually putting out offense. The special teams looks unreal. Yeah, the only thing, the power play
0: still looks... Meh. It's a little mad, but it looks better than what it I has. mean, they made
1: moves, yeah, they're cycling the puck around, the goaltending was five amazing. That five-on-three
0: kill when their best two, you know, penalty kill guys were in the box yes. was, I my head almost exploded because also, I was like,
1: holy hell. I'm like, going to have to duck when I say this. Well, there's no Flyers fans nearby, but uh, Robert Hag has not looked bad this season. hey <laughs> I'm going to duck. So far, I mean, it was just two games in. Also, uh, Joel Farabee scored his first goal yesterday. That goal fun. was filthy. Yeah, the Shout out to our Photog, Alex McIntyre, snagging, yes. snagging the hot picks
0: at Lehigh Valley's game last well, night.
1: People also forget that the assist to that goal was by Phil Myers. Who? Phil, 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 Phil. 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 No, but um, the important thing is that uh, Myers was the main assist. Phil, my, the Flyers guy. There you go, Kyle. But it shows that they're both relatively ready. Granted, they probably are going to play another game or two, but if they both keep performing like that, they'll be on the roster soon. Um, quite frankly, I think Farabee probably should be. Uh, I think he'd be great on the third line. No offense to Tyler Pitlick or whoever else is playing that third line right wing. The Pit, the Pitlicky in? Yeah, the, 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 third, <laughs> the third line should be Scott, JVR, and Farabee. The fourth line should be Bunneman, Tawarski, and then Brothel or Pitlick. Uh, I mean, Mr. 305, Carson Terensky. Yeah, he's looked okay for what it is. Um, I will say, you know, the one thing um, I'll talk about with the Flyers, a little a little negativity, is I guess had we known they would be in this situation, like signing Hayes and stuff, they probably wouldn't have signed JVR. Because it's not ideal. I love the guy, but it's not ideal to pay – $7 million to a power forward slash goal-scoring forward to play third-line minutes and $7 million a year where you could use that for other people. But again, Nolan Patrick has yet to play, and he's often injured, so I'm not sure. Could just not sign Kevin Hayes. Well, yeah, I agree with that, but he has looked good so far. My point is there's, there's, there's some question marks going, going, going forward in the future. Like, yeah. is Nolan Patrick expendable now because you have guys – that are filling the role. Don't tell Matt that. I know, Matt will cry, but Scott Lawton has not looked bad at third line C, and would Nolan Patrick really improve a team that much in his place? You know what I mean? And same thing with other players. So it's interesting with the Flyers. We'll see what they do this year. Obviously, hopefully make the playoffs and contend, but it'll be interesting the next couple of years talking about them on the pod and stuff, how it unfolds, because I'm not sure. I look at their contracts every other day, and I'm kind of like, uh...
0: (laughs) For what it's worth right now, Flyers are the best team in the NHL. That's all that matters. I mean, they are, dude. Carter Hart's the best goalie ever. Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup. That's all that matters, guys.
1: I did bet on them to win.
0: It's a good bet. The Stanley Cup. Will did as well. President Will Castorina. His State of the Flyers address (laughs) was fantastic.
1: State of the Flyers address, baby. Uh, before we move
0: on to our Eagles-Vikings preview, Dylan, our buddies over at Design Tree that do fantastic stuff for us with our merch and apparel, it's getting a little a little crisp air out now. The fall weather is kicking in. Yeah. Dylan's got a hoodie on right now. It's a little hot, though. Design Tree is unrolling the hoodies for us. All of our designs uh, within the next week or two will be in hoodie style. Right now, we've got our Underground Sports Philadelphia logo. It's hoodie season. We've got our On the Road to Victory Eagles logo as a hoodie. And we've got our gritty Supreme-looking shirt that everybody loves And has been purchasing as a hoodie now. So you can go to our design tree storefront, that's dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And Dylan, not only have they unrolled the hoodies, they've unrolled a new promo code that you can use. Use promo code hoodie season. Oh. H-O-O-D-I-E. I said that by
1: accident. Look, it was actually a code. It's
0: H-O-O-D-I-E-S-Z-N Hoodie Season at checkout, and you get $15 off your purchase of $50 or more.
1: Well, uh, consider myself persuaded to spend my money.
0: That is a hoodie and a t-shirt right there. Boom, $40. I'm gonna do it. It's, It's simple. You, just, you get all your good Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. Separ- all of your Outside the Box podcast merch is in there as well. That will be hoodies on Monday. Yeah. Hoodie season is upon us. It's going to be a little cold at the Mike Scott Hive tailgate that we'll be at in November. Mike Scott. Rep the brand. Scott's Tots. Do it. <laughs> Hoodie season at checkout for $15 off your purchase of $50 or
1: more. Dylan, so,
0: Meek Mill just got done playing on the, on the speakers here at Catone Stadium. Is that an
1: omen for the birds?
0: Last time Meek Mill was playing... When they were in Minnesota, they won the whole freaking Kit Kat and Caboodle and won the Super Bowl. Kit Kat and
1: Caboodle. They're I'm
0: playing against Kurt Coupons. Not sure. <laughs> and I feel great about this game. If you haven't already, check out Eagles Enemies. That uh, Myself and Arif Hassan from The Athletic Minnesota uh, came on the podcast again. He's a good friend of the show, and we broke down this game in a more in-depth uh, you know, PFF style analysis. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio now, Dylan. Yes, we are.
1: Um, how are we feeling right now? Birds 3 and 2. Honestly, for what the Birds are, like they're walking band aid on injuries in the defense. To no Deshaun Jackson to again s- this week. Yeah, and offense too. The to still be three 3 2 is a miracle in itself. I will say I am a little worried about the big time receivers against our secondary, but. The Birds have proven to find a way recently, and in years past, so I think they can edge it out.
0: Now, the the nice thing when it comes to this rendition of the Minnesota Vikings is, one, Kirk Coupon still stinks.
1: It's a run offense, It's a run-heavy
0: Dalvin Cook offense, and the Eagles – through the first five weeks of the season, Dylan, are the number one run-stopping defense in the NFL. Can, can we not
1: say Dalvin Cook's name again? It hurts. Me and Kyle were at that draft. I wore my Dalvin Cook Florida State jersey. Kyle knows I wanted him more than anybody there. I wanted him, too. And just several picks before our pick in the, what, second round or third round? Second round. Oh, my Minnesota hopes. Minnesota traded up. My hopes and dreams were crushed. And we all knew that was it. It was coming. But um, my point is... uh I still am a little nervous for him because he's a receiving back as well. That. He's multi-talented and our secondary is blue. But, but it, we, I think we honestly can win. I think it might be high scoring, though. I don't know. I have a very good feeling about this game because the Vikings have been in a
0: little bit of turmoil. They have. You know, Adam feeling mad that he's not getting the ball. Diggs turmoil. Diggs didn't show up to practice a couple weeks ago, and, you know, he's not getting the ball in his hands. Stefan,
1: you know. If you want to play for the Eagles? I, I it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, what Reef did say he thinks it's a less than five percent chance that Stefan Diggs gets traded anywhere. He thinks he's staying. Um, but I mean, you look at this game right now, and and the the Vikings' offensive line is a little beat up too. It is, yeah. So this Eagles pass rush, which looked fantastic against the New York Jets, they need to be able to take advantage of a banged up offensive line. Yes. Go in, attack Kirk Coupons. <laughs> Coupons. The caviar is stale and uh, you know, make him uncomfortable in the pocket and, and force him to make bad decisions.
1: Yeah, I, I think we pressure Kirk and can contain one out of the two-headed monster for receivers via Theon or Diggs, the other guy will probably get some yards, but similar to that game a couple of years ago, where they where, where Julio had that monster game against us and we still won. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I mean, yards I, don't matter. Was, yeah, obviously yards matter, but they don't matter to an extent when exactly. they're not scoring. You so, look at Dak
0: Prescott last week against the Packers. Threw for 463 yards. They lost. Yards don't matter.
1: Yeah, so that's my point. As long as they can contain them from the end zone, then don't break from the end zone. We're good. We're
0: golden. Rasul Douglas has looked fantastic this year. Him yes, going he has. up against Thielen or Diggs, I feel
1: comfortable. More. Mm-hmm.
0: Thielen then digs, but Orlando
1: Scandrick revenge tour
0: Orlando Scandrick was was a Phoenix rising from the ashes last week
1: granted it was the Jets so this is a great matchup to prove that he's still NFL you know like ready and relevant you mean Orlando Patrick Robinson Scandrick? all right well <laughs> let's let's wait on that one till after this looks game fantastic um, but he looked good all things considered yeah the, given the, the one the thing opponent. I'm a
0: little concerned about is the Eagles only really have two healthy running backs
1: I made this claim, not in the pod, but I was talking to my dad or someone, I made it work, and I was like, I was like, hey, I think the Eagles should trade for a running back, and they're like, what do you mean, like a superstar? I was like, no, just depth. I'm not sold in Corey or Sproles. Well, Corey Clement now placed on IR as of yesterday. Boston
0: Scott called up from the practice squad. Scott season? We love, we love guys with the last name Scott in this city.
1: I'm a big uh, Scott fan.
0: Um... That's the one thing that kind of concerns me is, you know, it's just Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Yeah, and like – Boston's Boston Scott's going to be your kick returner, which I'm okay with because he looked good in the preseason doing that. But you only have two healthy running backs integrated into the offense and you've seen inconsistencies from both, hopefully they can get the run game somewhat established or throwing it to a guy like Miles Sanders to to keep the the defense honest where Carson Wentz can get the ball out to guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard – and if Nelson Aguilar can, you know, track a ball in the air, get it to Nelson Aguilar, Matt Collins as well. They need to be able to spread the ball around in this game because Xavier Rhodes does not look good. Trey Wayne's has not looked good. They're both inconsistent it's corners right now. So you need to be able to get the ball out quickly. So too. what you're
1: saying is Aguilar in a first Rodell? Who says no? I mean... The Browns will probably say no. But
0: I'll do it. Um... <laughs> But, you know, I I feel very good about this game, and it's the first game of a three-game road trip because, thanks to Major League Baseball, they thought the Phillies would be in the playoffs, so the Eagles are on the road for
1: three straight games. But I think the Eagles can win this game. No, I think think they can. Like I said, I think it might be a high-scoring game. Uh, I mean, I think... Even though the Vikings aren't, aren't what they were a year or two ago, they still have weapons. And and likewise for the Eagles, Carson finds a way to force the ball to the unlikeliest of heroes at times or to the big heroes. So I think it might be a high-scoring game. I'm, I'm not saying offensive shooter at like 60 or 50. I think this is
0: a big Alshon game.
1: I agreed. I was actually just going to say that. I think he might have two touchdowns. But I think it'll be like a 28-21 kind of game or 28-23 or 24. I could
0: 24. see it being like 34-27, 34-24
1: lines. I I I'm not going to like bet against the Eagles, but I it's almost <laughs> Davon Cook's probably going to score, let's be real. <laughs>
0: This is the big test, too, for the Eagles' run defense because this yeah. is arguably the best running back they've faced all season.
1: It definitely is, in my opinion. So if they can hold him to my, like not scoring... They shut down Aaron Jones. That's incredible.
0: Who then went off against the Cowboys, so that
1: just shows you... Part how of the Aaron Jones thing was to them being an idiot and not running him. That, though. too.
0: But I mean But I agree I agree They've, they've been able to shut down Running backs yes, Last no. week They shut down Le'Veon Bell He did not do anything at all It's just a matter of
1: It's not if we can re- Shut down the receivers
0: Exactly You gotta be able to Contain them And uh And this, this is the best duo We've faced all year Make them one dimensional And you've seen Kirk Coupons Look terrible at times This season Agreed like, He played the Giants Last week Anybody yeah. can look good Against the Giants defense They have more holes Than Swiss cheese <laughs> So I wanna see This defense I think my X factor In this game Is Rodney McLeod
1: no, and it definitely... Yeah, I agree. It definitely helps that the uh, Vikings don't have, like, how we have an elite tight end mm-hmm. tandem or even an elite tight end period. Right, and Kurt Coupons
0: doesn't throw to the tight end.
1: No, he doesn't.
0: So I think Rodney McLeod has a big a big game in this one, too, on the defensive side of things. He's been a ball hawk this season, which is good to see. And he's been a heavy hitter. He's been getting after the quarterback on those safety blitzes. Yeah. And he's really taking a lot of pressure off of Malcolm Jenkins, too. So I think if Rodney McLeod can continue to be successful, that's going to be a huge X factor for this Eagles secondary and defense that – has a banged-up secondary coming into this one.
1: Honestly, this could be a game that Jake Elliott wins it wins it with a field goal. That'd be
0: fantastic
1: for my fantasy squad, that's about too. That's about how close I think it could be. It also could be one-sided to an extent. It could be like a 10-point, not a right. blowout, but like lead. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely one of those games where you're sitting there watching until the very end on your seat. It's
0: going to be fun. One o'clock in Minnesota, the, the, the scene of the crime where they took down the dynasty. Oh, I love it. Play that, play that at my funeral. Round two. So, uh, Eagles, Birds, make sure you're following us on Twitter for that one. And we'll round things up because Ben Simmons shot a
1: jumper last night, Dylan. Dude, honestly, I don't want to sound crazy, but Ben Simmons is the best player in the NBA. I, I will not dispute it. He's <laughs> shooting threes that He's are just absolutely wet. Benny Dimes, people like you know make fun of him for it, but even if he becomes a slightly below average three point I'll shooter, because then the defense adding, has adding, to be honest. That's to be honest, and you're also adding that much into uh, you know the offense. Right, we're adding trees. another
0: layer and dimension to what Brett Brown's able to do with his rotation. Also,
1: shout out the TD down there. He made a one handed catch. Odell,
0: baller. Um, but you know, looking at this the Sixers team, I got I got to ask Michael Jordan though. Preseason game against the Hornets last night. You're, you're the owner, one of the owners of the, the Charlotte Hornets. Why are you playing at Wake Forest? Why can't you play at your arena?
1: I have no idea.
0: I have questions. I, I could just be ignorant to the fact of why. I got some questions for I you. I got some questions, MJ. Why are you playing at Wake Forest? I need I need answers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Ben Simmons can add some sort of, you know, level of, of a, a shot from outside of the paint, I am going to be very excited for this sixer season we talked about the three on Wednesday show shoots a jumper last night and it's just looking regular like it looks normal it looks no, I agree. fluid it doesn't look forced or like robotic like a certain former sixer uh, we're that not will gonna not be say, named on this podcast. Say his name he is banned from this podcast but you know I am intrigued banned by from what my brain by what Ben Simmons has been able to do so far this preseason, if he can do that in the regular season
1: Not even preseason, think about what he's done his whole career without a three point shot, now insert what we're seeing now to that He can easily
0: become a top ten player in the NBA just by adding that level of game to his, his arsenal
1: no, it's, it's going to be a really fun season, and uh, we have high hopes. High hopes for our Sixers. Cue
0: the Harry Callis. Sixer season is right around the corner. October 23rd, uh, our buddies from the Process Potables, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network, will be podcasting live from the parking lot Let's. for Sixers
1: Celtics. Get it.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you are in the area, make sure you uh, go say hello to Dan and the Word. boys from the Potables. They'll be doing their thing there. And, uh, Dylan, as always, the people should be subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave they us should. five-star ratings and reviews. We want to hit 300 by the end of the year. Right now we are sitting at 221 five-star ratings and reviews combined. Get us to 300 by the end of the year. Agreed. It can happen. We know we have faith in you, USP Nation. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can stream and follow us on iHeartRadio. And we are now on the TuneIn app as well, Dylan.
1: So basically, almost,
0: almost every single place you can get a podcast, everywhere. we are there. Everywhere, we're working on some other platforms as well for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, smash the hell out of the streams on iHeartRadio. Get us on the the top 100 chart there. Who knows? You know, if, if we get enough love and a lo- enough exposure on there, catch us at the iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. We out. Make it happen. Uh, so this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia episode number one seventy-five. We are twenty-five episodes away from two hundred, Dylan. It's going to happen right at the beginning of 2020 it's destiny it's unreal as always show brought to you by main auto llc ducharm's pro foot security 21 wainwright bernhardt funeral home paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick Automo, mark ronchetti cpa llc the dental wellness center of vineland this show has been brought to you and powered by the red and gray gridiron group we will catch you guys live from the studio on wednesday hopefully talking about some big time flyers wins Yes. More Phillies developments, potentially Buck Showalter being hired. A big Eagles win over the Vikings as we get set for Eagles-Cowboys next week. And one week closer to Sixers basketball, meaning something. Yes. So, uh, for Dylan, I'm Kyle, and for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, we're getting set for Vineland High School's homecoming against St. Joe's right here at Catone Stadium. We will catch you guys next week. Peace. Out.